It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Well, hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Body of Christ Real Talk. Body of Christ Real Talk. Just real talk about the church. Real talk what's happening around the body of Christ, within the body of Christ, in front of the body of Christ. Just trying to keep the church informed of what's going on around them, within them, and in front of them, you know. Hey, welcome. Hello to everyone. I'd like to say hi to all my listeners and all my downloaders that listen to my show. I really appreciate you guys for uh, putting up with me and my rants and my, you know, and just listening to my podcast. Uh, Because you you could be doing something else, you know, and I thank you. If there's any other new listeners out there, I'd like to say welcome. Welcome to my show, Body of Christ Real Talk. Body of Christ Real Talk, where I just talk about different subjects and different topics and different things that's happening around the body of Christ and within the body of Christ. Also, this is for the unsaved that's not in the body of Christ. This is the unsaved, and I welcome you guys to you. Welcome to listen to this show. If you're not saved, it's okay. You can get some nourishment out of this show, you know, and my goal is for you to be saved on the long run. I'm not going to hide that, you know. I'm just going to be very upfront with that. My goal is for you to be saved, you know, when you get to listen to my show, okay? So God bless you all. Okay. I want to finish up on something. Uh, that I started uh, a few weeks ago, uh, you know, criticizing and judging other Christians. I know it took me a while to get to this, but I've been doing so many other things, but I try to keep my word and I try to do better follow-up on things from now on. What I'm going to be talking about today, I'm going to be finishing up on reading out of Romans 14. Romans 14 and should criticize, you know, criticize Christians judging or criticizing other Christians. And I'm going to be reading out of the scriptures. I'm going to I'm going all the way back down to maybe to uh, verse eight, and I'm going to read on down and everything, and then I'm going to just let it go from there. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be reading out of two translations. My favorite, when it comes to studying, and uh, I believe real better context and meaning is the King James Version Bible, which is my number one, and my second is my number two Bible, the New Living Bible. The New Living Bible, I will be reading out of those two translations pertaining to this subject of Christians judging other Christians or believers judging other believers, okay? So, I'm going to finish off today, and uh, I'm going to finish off today. And I want you all to really get something out of this and everything because it's very important that we understand, you know, our, you know, duties or our, the way we should act toward each others, each other, excuse me, others, <laughs> when it comes to criticizing. Is it right to criticize a brother in Christ? I'm not talking about the world. I'm just talking about the church now, you know. Is it all right or when is it okay to criticize or judge another believer? Okay. And how we should judge another believer or not only that, you know, what 
is the way, the right, correct way we should approach another believer? Or should we even have to approach another believer or correct another believer or, you know, whatever like that. So, okay, with all that said, I want to read some scriptures. I want to finish off. So I'm going to read the rest of Romans 14 and finish off this little short series. And uh, about Romans 14, I think this is about the, uh, the third segment, I believe. And I want to finish this off and I'm going to give my comments. These are my comments of what I feel about this, this these scriptures. I like to be transparent. I like to let everybody know that it's my comment and sometimes it's my opinion of what the word of God is saying. Some things it doesn't take. I used to be a spiritualizer myself. I used to be in a word of faith move. I used to spiritualize and do uh, other things like that myself, you know. But now I just learn to read what God's word. I read it literally. And whatever I have to really, and this it takes training and this takes while wow, the change of the flesh, man, to just really believe God's word and take God's word what is of what is really saying. Now there is some symbolic things and some things are hard to grasp in God's word. And that's why you got to learn how to connect the dots. That's another radio program, but you have to learn how to connect the dots and put the puzzles together. You know, with those, when it comes to those more, more difficult, you know, passages or doctrines, I like to say in scripture. Some of them is just self-explanatory. Some of them is plain. And I think Romans 14 is one plain one, you know, you know, plain, duties or, you know, one of the ways we should look at each other about judging and uh, criticizing. And I think uh, Romans 14 is one of them, in my opinion. In my in, in the way I look at Romans 14, I don't see it being real hard. The hard part is just accepting it. The hard part is believing it. You know, that's 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 the tough part. And I think that's a lot of problems that the, the body of Christ in the church after day is believing. They see it. They know it's there in the word of God. We know it's there, but it's just believing it and accepting it because sometimes our religiousness gets in the way, you know, and our our critical critical thinking can even get in the way. We try to overanalyze things and try to say, well, this is what this verse is really saying because a lot of times, and you know, we was taught that way, okay? But just taking God's word literal, literal will help us along way. It will help us a long way. God's word, God means what he says in his word. His word does not need any interpretation from a human man. His word means what he says. So when it comes to certain doctrines, we just need to believe it. Okay. Some things are just plain. We don't need to spiritualize it or use allegories to make it sound pretty and scrumptious. We just need to believe it because Without all the allegories today in church, you wouldn't have a full church. <laughs> Say, Joe, what do you mean? I believe the majority of the church houses are packed, especially the Pentecostals and the charismatic churches and the Word of Faith movies are church because they spiritualize the Bible and it's a feel-good type of feeling and they use a lot of stories and allegories, you know, not so much biblically, you know, as far as that they use some truth with a lot of stretching, you know, to make a point, you know, and I'm not saying a lot of them do this on purpose and everything, but I believe a lot of the church are packed because it's, it's here to, it's here to itch your ears, to tickle your ears. It's an itching ears type of teaching and everything, you know, the shout, the dance, the stories, you know, in, in one verse, they'll, they'll, they'll do two hours on one verse, 
you know, giving you stories and allegories and spiritualizing everything. Files that, you know, just, no matter what kind of subject or doctrine is on, they spiritualize. And I'm not saying all, you know, they spiritualize or whatever like that. And people love to feel good. That's why they like the prosperity messages. That's like, that's why they're so crazy about the, the uh, signs and wonders and everything and the speaking in tongues and whatever like that and the tithing and what God is going to do for you or whatever like that because it was allegories used in certain scriptures out of context and they spiritualized a lot of things so that, that packs a lot of church to feel good motivational speaking packs churches making you feel good make the flesh feel good packs more churches than a fundamental a fundamental Bible teacher or dispensationally rightly divided Bible teacher don't have packed churches because the difference is, and I'm not saying all of it is like that. The difference is, is um, uh, a fundamental, fundamental, rightly divided Bible teaching church is basically going to study the Bible, going to eisegesis the Bible. Going to try to find what God is really saying. Going to use the Bible in its right context. So that's not exciting. Because you got to use your head. You got to get out of the flesh. Some things is going to bother you. Some things is going to to convict you. And many people don't want to be convicted. They don't want to feel bad. They want to feel good, you know. I'm going to get back to this. I know criticizing. I'm going to get back to that. But I just want to, you know, get a foundation right here, okay? That's why I believe a lot of the churches that uh, use spiritualized allegories, metaphors, and all that stuff, you know, packs the church because they are there to pump the church up. They are there to, uh, you know, make the church feel good. They are that shout. That brings in a certain spirit, not the Holy Spirit, but it brings in a deceiving spirit, you know. You know, it brings in a type of spirit that's not of God. It might feel good. You might get the chill bumps. I'm talking by experience now. I know that I shed some tears, and I mean, I felt so great. And I had, a, and one thing I did, I have a deeper love, and I had a deeper when I was in that type of movement. I had a felt like I was getting closer to God and everything like that. But I did not know. It didn't matter how I felt, how close I was to God. I was close to God already. He was close to me. It didn't matter how much I felt. I didn't know that then. So I based everything on my feelings and, you know, everything was spiritual and everything. Every time I tried to talk to somebody, it was always spiritual. You know, you couldn't even touch the doorknob without praying over the doorknob. I know I'm exaggerating, but I'm just using it as an example, you know. And, uh, you know, we need to stop that. And I was brought up in the church, you know, with the charismatic and the Pentecostals, whatever like that. Now, what this got to do with criticizing and judging your brother? Nothing. (laughs) I got off track. And I let me digress and go back to my main teacher. But that's free. That's free for thought. That's free for thought. I don't know. That's free for thought. So, all right. Criticizing and judging your brothers and sister in Christ. Should we, how we, and when should we, if the Bible says it? Okay. Let's, let's, let me just go here and read. Okay. Let me get my tablet here. And my Bible's in my tablet. And I'm going to start in verse 8. I'm going to read both the King James and the Living Bible. And I'm going to try to finish it off, you know, all the way down. So I'm going to start with verse 8. Now this is verse 8 starting in the King James. Then I'm going to, if you didn't listen to my last uh, teaching on uh, 
you know, should we judge another Christians and everything, please leave, go back to, uh, go back to those teaching and then you can follow back with this one. But you know, you'll get something out of this one, but it's best to go back when I first started so we can get the whole gist of all three of the teachers. Okay. Just, just try to do that. Okay. All right. Verse eight and Romans 14. King James first, for whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. But why dost thou judge thy brother, or thy dost thou set at not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 11. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to me. So then every one of us shall give account to himself to God. You know? 13. Let us therefore judge one another. Let us, let us not therefore judge one another, excuse me, anymore, but judge this matter, that no man put a stumbling block on an occasion to fall in his brother's way. 14. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. Remember, they was talking about food mostly and, and different things that was worshipped to idols. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, with thy food, now walkest thou not charitably or in love, destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. 16. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. Continuing in the King James. 17. For the kingdom of God is not in meat, not in food, and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. 18. For he that in these things serveth Christ is susceptible to God and approved of men. 19. Let us therefore follow after the, after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. For meat or food destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. 21. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, flesh meaning meat, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. 22. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. 23. And he that doubleth is damned. He that doubteth, excuse me, is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now let's go to the Living Bible, because the Living Bible is a more plainer translation to read, you know, for me and also for others. I understand the King Jimmy and the King James, but I like uh, some type of the, the, the plain way that the Living Bible says for my listeners. Okay, now verse 8. Reading out of the Living Bible, Romans fourteen and eight. If we live, it's not to honor. Is it not to honor the Lord? And if we die, is it not to to honor the Lord? So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Verse nine. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Verse 11, for the scriptures say, as surely as I leave, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me or bow and every tongue will confess and give praise to God. 12, yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. 
13. So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know, 14, I know and am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person it is wrong. Hmm. 15, and if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. That's deep. 16. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. That's not important in the kingdom of heaven. I mean kingdom of God in the heavenly places. But of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 18. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. 19. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Okay. 20. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. 21. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. 22. You may believe there is nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. Final verse. Romans 14, the Living Bible. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning. If you go ahead and do it, for you are not following your convictions. Convictions. If you do anything you believe it is not right, you are sinning. Okay. Listen to that. I'm going to read that last verse. Let's go to King James first. It says, And he that doubteth is damned, if he eat because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Is sin. Living Bible says 23, but if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning. If you go ahead and do it, for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. You hear that? That's plain. You don't have to spiritualize that. You don't have to use all the glories, glories. You don't have to try to reinterpret what the Apostle Paul is saying, you know. You don't have to reevaluate what those scriptures are saying in Romans 14. At least I don't, and I'm not the smartest or most eloquent person or educated. But the only way that I would not accept this, is, uh, believe this, is I just don't accept it. That's the only way. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying the only way for me not to follow this is not because I don't believe it. It's just I do not accept it. Now, I'm not saying I don't accept it because I accept it, but I'm just saying back then or anybody that's in the church today that don't believe this, they may believe it because they can't help but read it. They can't go around it. They can't spiritualize it. They can't reinterpret it because it's very plain. Like I said, some things, some doctrines in the Bible are very plain. It's just you either don't believe it, you know, or you just don't accept it. And I believe most of the church just do not accept it. They just can't get that because they always feel it's something you must do. You got to correct. You got to do this. This person got to be right. It's because of the religiousness in us. It's, we don't accept it. We see it and we might believe it, but I think we just don't accept it sometimes. You know, that's why I feel sometimes. Okay. I believe sometimes, you know, but anyway, with that said, 
How should we? Is it okay to criticize and judge a brother or sister in Christ? Now, let's go. Let's get into the context of the thing. Oh, I hate that sound. <laughs> I do. When I use a smartphone, that sound. Ugh. Let's get into context of the message. First of all, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is Romans 14? We you read Romans 14. What is basically is the context? What was happening in that time? At that moment, it had to do with food, eating certain things. Okay, let's let's get that straight first before we brought it out to different things of life. It has to talk. It's talking about eating, eating certain things, eating certain. Uh, you know, it's dealing with food. You know, you know. I'm gonna do a little. I'm gonna dig into that. You know, what started this, and uh, I believe it was certain believers. You know. Uh, whether they was uh, Gentiles or whether they was uh, Jews or whatever like this. I just believe it's probably with some Jews, you know, but that's just what I believe because it doesn't give you no know, who was who. But since the, uh, the majority of the time, the Christ is always, uh, the Apostle Paul is always teaching and talking to the body of Christ, you know, it don't make a difference if you was a Jew or Gentile. You was in a body of Christ. It was the church. That's my point. It was the church he was talking about, whether you was Jew or a Gentile nations. It was, it was, it was the church who he is talking to because the majority of the time in the Bible, the Apostle Paul himself is talking to the church. He's talking to believers more than he's talking to unbelievers. Majority of the time, he's talking to believers. So let's get that straight, okay? So it has to do with something that used to be used in worshiping for idols or different things like that or different sacrificial things certain animals was used and some people that was in the faith did not want to eat that type of food because they believe if they did, they were sinning. Now, the reason I say it probably was a Jew, this is my opinion, because back then and the old and the law, Jews could only eat certain type of foods. You know, Jews can only eat certain type of foods and do certain type of things. Like we're talking about foods, now, let's stick to foods. Jews can only eat certain type of foods. That's why I believe it's probably with Jews that had a problem with that over Gentiles. Gentiles ate everything. There wasn't other covenants. They didn't have no certain restrictions and dietary restrictions and stuff like that. So I believe it's probably was the believing Jews that followed Paul that had a problem with that. He called them a brother, so they had to be in the body of Christ. So he calls them a, called them a brother. You know, that's, 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 that's my opinion, you know, because Jews had issues with that. Well, anyway, it could have been a Gentile and a Jew. A Gentile didn't have a problem with eating certain things because I'm just going to speculate. You know, a Gentile had no problems with eating certain food because they never had a dietary restriction. 
Now I'm just I'm just grasping now. I'm not saying this is what that these this is what was happening. Okay, so let's let's get this together. A Gentile didn't have no dietary restriction, you know, as far as that, you know, uh what they should eat, you know. And it could be a Jew. I, I don't know, but I'm just trying to go back to the different ways they lived, Jews and Gentiles, and where the Jews live and what they were restricted to eat. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Whether I'm right or wrong, you know, I can be wrong, but I believe I'm, I might be also correct. But it's no big deal, you know. Anyway, it was some brothers differing of certain things they was eating. I'm going to bring this home, okay. Some, some of the brothers or maybe sisters had issues with eating things that were sacrificed to idol because I, maybe they past belief. That's why I believe it's a Jew. I'm not going to say it's the Jews because of their, their beliefs and different rituals or restrictions they had, you know. And uh, the other ones, the other side of the believers felt it was okay because if their faith was a little stronger, they knew the law was no more. Okay. They knew the law was no more. There was no more restrictions. There was no more dietary laws. So it didn't make no difference because God made everything whole now. He proved that when he brought down those different animals for Peter in Acts 10. I think you know what he brought when he showed Peter. There's no difference between the Jews and Gentiles now. Everybody is one. That means there's no law. The law has been abolished, put to the side, postponed. So there's no law. So you have some stronger than faith. They knew that so they can't eat anything. They they knew there was no restriction restrictions anymore. And these could have been stronger Jews. Or Gentiles. It could be either one. Jews that were stronger, they knew it, and then you had the weak ones. They didn't. I don't know. Okay. But the it the uh the subject is not on that. Who was who? He just, they was brothers, okay? Well, anyway, that's one of the ones that was wondering who was who and really getting deep in who was who. I'm not worried about that. I just want to get that out there, okay? All right. But when it came to criticizing, when I read earlier in that, it was very imperative for us to understand that it was wrong for a strong to believer to criticize or judge a weaker believer because they wouldn't do a, they wouldn't eat a certain thing even though they felt it was all right and it was all right for them to do certain things in front of them in spite of the way the weaker brother felt when it came to eating. Emphasis is on eating in the context. Let's keep it in context. This is about eating, okay? And also the weaker brother felt he was condemning the stronger brother because he was eating certain things that he felt that was wrong because he felt that this person maybe be sinning. One felt that he was sinning if he do this. The other one felt it was okay. Let's put it plainly. That one felt it was okay. The other one felt if he'd done it, it was sin. That's Paul's point. He said earlier when I read earlier, don't condemn each other. You know, the weaker one or the stronger one. He's talking about both of them. Don't con- the weak don't do- don't condemn the stronger one in the faith, and the stronger one don't condemn the weaker one in the faith. Because you're going to always have that in the church in the body of Christ. Some stronger the faith, and some weaker the faith. So I'm just keeping this on food for now. Then I'm gonna go from there. You know how to pertain in life in general. You know, or is this talking about in life in general? I'm, I'm gonna go there. Okay. So anyway. If you read it, and I hope a lot of you have read the end of Romans uh, 14, you can see in that particular time, it had to do with food, you know, and worshiping of idols. And evidently it was kind of a ruckus going on or differences or disagreements, you know. But Paul's advice for the stronger believer was to respect the younger believer 
if they didn't want to do a certain thing. And we, the stronger believer, should, you know, give up his rights or his freedom or his stronger faith, you know, to help that younger brother, to keep that younger brother from falling into sin. Because remember, he felt that he was sinning, you know, you know, if he went that route of eating certain things and everything like that. So, you know, we need to give up or, you know, I keep saying we because I'm part of the body of Christ and you are too, the ones that are saved, you know. And uh, I know unbelievers are listening to this. You're not going to get an understanding, but, you know, just I'm going to get to that later on because this is about believers. Well, it could go vice versa too. You know, you know, don't don't knock the stronger believers because they got a freedom and everything like that. But he put more emphasis on the weaker guys that's weaker in the faith. Don't call that younger, don't cause that younger Christian or younger believer to stumble because he believed a certain thing that he was eating was sin. So that was the context, the eating. Now, let's bring it home so I can finish up. Does that pertain to everything in a believer's life? Watching movies? If another person don't like watching a certain movie because of the cussing and the foul language, well, none of us should be watching it anyway. But I'm just using that as an example. Somebody might be stronger in faith and they can handle that. Even though I don't think it's good for a weak or strong believer, you know, watching that stuff, you know, including myself. Should we just stop watching something because another believer cannot handle it? He might be stronger in other things, but he's weak in that area. He believes he's sinning. Should we be witnessing and clubs, which is okay, but it's not for me. Why? Because I feel that, you know, I'm, I'm, that's opening up sin for me. You know, whatever uh, reason or another, I talked about that last time. Should that person just say, no, I'm not going to go in the club because it's going to offend you. You know, now it has nothing to do with eating, but it has to do with lifestyle. It has to do with choices we're making when we were a, a weaker believer, okay? And anyway, how did that pertain to life today? Because you want to get the Bible right. How does that pertain to life Today, should we relinquish a lot of our freedom up because another person is weak? According to the Bible, say, even though this was food, I believe, and I'm going to go out there, I believe it pertains to the your whole life of Christianity. I believe. I don't I think Paul just used that as an example because that that con that that that, that the, the text just happened to be about eating. But when he said, don't cause another man to stumble because he think what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. I believe that could pertain to a lot of things in life that we need to watch when it comes to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to respect their their weakness. We need to respect their tenderness and their sensitivity of believing they're going to sin. You know, that we must respect that. I believe it's for today, too. You know, that's my that's my call on that. You know, we should do it and vice versa. Far as that, I believe it's for today. Two, we need to watch that. We need to be careful with that when we criticize and judge other brothers. Rather, we judging a weaker brother or the weaker brother judging a stronger brother. If a weaker brother feel he's not going to get into it, he ought to not participate in it. That's my take on that. Don't participate. It don't mean the stronger brother in the faith is wrong what he's doing. No. Don't mean the stronger brother is sinning. No. It just means you feel that it's a sin. So if you feel that you are sinning, if you do it, don't participate in it. It's okay. Because God is not going to deal with your sins and stuff in the judgment seat of Christ. That's already dealt with. He's not going to deal with that. That's Paul's point. That's trivial. He's not going to deal with that. Don't make an issue out of that. So it should be okay to just give up your rights so another brother of yours or sister of yours don't stumble. That should be a no-brainer. 
for the body. It should be. I didn't say many people believers would do that. I said it should be a no-brainer for us, okay? So, according to the scriptures, yes, we should relinquish our rights because we're stronger than faith for another brother to keep them strong. Maybe they'll get stronger, maybe not. There's some things that I'm strong in and some things I'm weak in, you know. You know, I'd rather not be around because it might cause me to sin or cause me to have sinful thoughts or become a weight. And I'm sure you could think of other things yourselves. So, let's remember that body of Christ. Let's think about others when it comes to the body of Christ. The world is going to do what the world is going to do. I'm not talking about the world. I'm not talking about the unsaved, you know, and I'm not going to unsave because I hope you guys as listening, ladies as listening, will be saved. You know, that's more important than anything. But don't trip on trivial things. Don't laugh or criticize others because they're weak in certain areas. And I always start with myself. Let's not do that because to them it might be sin. Now, you, I'm not talking about the extreme weak ones that's just think sinning you sinning you do everything if you wear certain clothes you sinning if you braid your hair you know I ain't talking about that that extreme person that just wants you to stop everything you know as far as that like I said I like old school music you know and I listen to the lyrics I like old, not all old schools, but I love old school music I love low old pop music I love my music I'm not sinning but if I get too much into that, it becomes a weight. A weight can become a sin. Okay, well, old school music. Then you got some people, it depends on your style. Oh, I got my style. I'm a balladeer. I love, love music. You know, I don't need the funk and all that stuff, but I still like some of the beats. And some of the beats. So that's a problem. And I'm going to say why that's a problem. Because if I get into some of that funk and some of that beat, just bring it back to flesh. You know, let's bring it back my flesh, the funk and all that dancing and stuff like that and certain lyrics and whatever and sex and stuff like that. No, that's no good for me. You know, so I try to stay away from that. But I might like the beat. I might make that as an excuse that I like beats. If I have a beat of a song without the lyrics, yes, I'll go for that. I'm not sinning. I don't feel like it's sin. Well, it ain't about my feelings, but I believe it's not It's not sin. Okay. But even some of the music I listen to, and I like all type of music, but I like I like old school. I love love songs. I love instrumentals and different things like that. But when it comes to some old school music, some believers do not rather not be around that because if they feel like they're sinning, they bring back too many bad memories, or they just want to be completely out of the secular world of music. And I need to respect that. Not saying that they're weak. It just means they feel that it's sin to them. So if it, if it, if they feel according to what the word of God is saying to the apostle Paul, if they feel that it's sin, it is sin to them. That The Bible says this plainly in that verse. And then go around you, it is sin to them. So I need to respect. I don't want to be a cause of them to sin, so I won't play my little old school music or whatever like that. It might be okay to me, and it ain't meaning I'm sinning either. But that's not sin to me, and I'm not sinning, but it might feel they might feel it's sinning to them. You know, like I used another illustration of a minister talking about him and his wife drink wine. I don't drink wine. So I'd rather not be around that. Not saying that they are wrong because they drink wine. You know, it just means it might, it's a problem with me. Do it mean they're sinning? No. You know, so far I ain't talking about wild Irish rose and white port, nothing like that, because that's going to affect your body. That's the drunkenness the Bible talks about in the Old Testament when you're drunk with wine. It's talking about strong drink. We don't need to be drinking a mess like that, but you have casual drinks. You have drinks that people drink with dinner or whatever like that, but I believe too much of anything, you know, infirmity or whatever like that is going to affect you in some way. So I'd rather not take that chance, but that don't mean that they're sinning. That's my point. You know, that's my point. 
all believers don't like the same things. Don't mean one believer is better than the other, but you do have a weaker, a weaker Christian, as Paul was talking about. Do you have stronger Christians? You know, and there was a situation with fools. His emphasis on the context. Context is very important. They was talking about food because you don't like to stretch and make everything, you know, a story about this. Should, you should be doing it all around your Christian life. We got to go to the context and see why Paul was saying that and see could it be added for the day? Because I think the same concept and the same motives of not us not doing certain things or doing certain things is a very comes to an essence and is a very important thing and topic in a body of Christ and Christian life. OK, so let's you know, I wanted to get that out there. OK. That's the end of that series right there. I don't see what else, I, what more I could say about it. It's probably have other teachers that can explain that a little better and a little deeper, but I don't think it needs to be explained a little deeper. It's kind of common to common sense to me. Maybe they can get deeper on the theology of the thing or the setting of the thing or why this is going on. You know, maybe so. You know, I'm not in so much in deep theology. I'm in, I'm just into basic common sense. I don't need to be so deep, you know, far as that because I get confused. So if it's just basic literally like that, that's the way I take the Bible literally. I know some things are symbolic and some things a figure of a speech or like that, you know. I understand that now. I understand that. But most God's word is very literally, it's just we see it and uh we just don't believe it or we just don't want to accept it. And most of the time I believe, and I'm going to stick to this, I believe most of us just don't want to accept that. We just don't agree with God on that. Let me put it that way. We just don't agree with him. Not that it's not true. Just don't agree with it, you know. And, you know, you don't agree with God. You got problems already and everything. But God understands that because he know we're weak. You know, we're still in the flesh. But we need to agree on everything God is saying. You know, sometimes it takes time. Whether we agree or not, always remember this. Remember, Listen to this very carefully. Whether we agree or not, we're not going to agree on the time, if we honest with ourselves, we know we're not. We are. We we know this. Every man is a liar, and God is true. Let God be true, and every man a liar. Long as we know that, we don't got to agree, but we know what He's saying is true. It's the truth. Make every make God God is true, and every man a liar. And I'm gonna leave you with that. So we're gonna leave it at that. God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee of the Body of Christ Real Talk. Joseph Brownlee of the Body of Christ Real Talk, finishing off the series on criticizing and judging other believers. God bless you all. I love you all. Before I leave, I always give an invitation for salvation, the most important thing in my radio. That's why I do these podcasts. Give yourself to God by trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord and Savior, not your King and your Messiah like Israel. Yes, it's good to know who he was, but what he did, he's our Lord and Savior. He's the head of the body of Christ. A head without a body is no good. A body without a head is no good. But Jesus, he's the head. That means the head sees, the head thinks, the head speaks. He's the forerunner. Without a head, you're nothing. You're just a body. So Jesus Christ is our Lord, our Savior, and our head of the church today in this dispensation, in this administration. And our apostle is the Apostle Paul. Our apostle is the Apostle Paul. Believe what Jesus Christ did, what he did according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4. According to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4. When you believe that, because your sins have already been taken care of according to 2 Corinthians 15, 2 Corinthians 5, 
5 and 19, 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, God is not imputing trespasses against the world anymore. That was taken care on the cross before you even got saved. Oh, you never heard that before, but that's free food for you. Yes, your sins have already been dealt with. Now you just got to believe and accept what Jesus has done on the cross to be saved. Your sins being dealt with, not imputed against you, doesn't mean you're saved. That you're still destined for hell. But I'm just saying, once you believe and take what Jesus has done, you know, he done everything else. All he just needs to do is believe what he done on the cross to be saved and become in the righteousness of God. That's going to save you. God bless you all. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4 is the only way to be saved today. This is Joseph Brownlee. God bless you all. Body of Christ, real talk. Well, I just, I'm going to straight out real talk when I try to take the scriptures literally and what the scriptures is really meaning. That's been a blessing to me for the last three and a half years. I've been saved over 30 years, but I've been rightly dividing God's word for over three and a half years. And it's been an eye opener for the teachers that have taught me how to really rightly divide God's word and self teaching by the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit have taught me taught me himself god bless you all love you all salvation is the number one thing and the most important thing today no matter what nobody says being saved is the most most important thing that any man or woman should be interested doing today and seeking today you don't have to search for all the other spiritual stuff or all the other wokeness and all this other uh, garbage and all these other sexes out there jesus is the way the truth and the life no man can come unto him coming to the Father, but by Him that was true back then is still true today. God bless you all. God is still on the strong. Love you all. Peace out. Body of Christ Real Talk. Joseph Brownlee. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.